0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field, pick the wall, Great slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes
1: reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Welcome. So, the final two weeks of the season, and welcome to fantasy baseball today on Monday, September 20th. It is crunch time. Frank Stample joined by Scott White. Recapping the weekend, we have a bunch of waiver options by position that we are going to be ranking for you in just a moment. We have a prospect call up, pretty important prospect as well, and we'll answer some of your email questions towards the end of the pod. How are we doing, Scotty? How many leagues are you officially?
2: Still alive-in. Ah, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. It, w- it was four as of last week, right? I suffered two crushing losses in oh. head-to-head leagues today Damn. or Sunday, I should say. Um, well, one of them, the Podcast Listeners League historically, six teams have made the playoffs, six of the 12, but we forgot to change the setting back from last year's weird season, right? So only the final two weeks of the season were deemed playoff weeks, so that leaves only room for four to make it. Two weeks ago, I would have been the number one seed. Today, I still have the most points in the league. I think only one other team is even within 200. Uh, but I'm, I, I lost my final two games, so I'm, I'm not... Technically, not one of the top four teams, so I'm, I'm out in that league.
1: That's my bad. Uh, That's my bad. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's you know, I had a path there. I just didn't take it. I could have won either of my last two games, and it wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, and then the other one, you know, we were talking about this last week too on the podcast, Fromber Valdez against the Rangers. We thought, okay, yeah, they, you probably got to start him. Then he ends up not taking that turn, right? I debated that leading into up to the, the lineup block. For Amber Valdez or Lucas Giolito, who is coming back from a hamstring injury, theoretically in line for two starts, I'm thinking, well, what if his hamstring acts up in the first and he makes basically no starts? So I started Valdez instead. Giolito scores 34 points. I lose by 29. Oh. So I'm out in that league too. I'm down to just two. Down to just two, Frank.
1: Crusher. Crusher. What do you think about this, yeah. Scotty? I don't know how you guys have seeded the playoffs before in the podcast league, but something I've done in my football leagues now, obviously those are head-to-head points, is the top five teams by record make it, and then the sixth team that makes the playoffs is the next highest point scorer in the league. So it kind of gives an opportunity to someone who might have bad luck in terms of win-loss record an opportunity to still make the playoffs. So it's top five records, and then sixth for the most points scored after that
2: look I, it's not really worth fighting about as far as I'm concerned, but i I don't like it just in a purest sense. I mean, the best reflection in real baseball, the reflection of who the best the, the best reflection of which teams are better than others is run differential, but they don't award an automatic playoff spot to the team with the best run differential it's It's all about win loss record, right so You know, if if half your league is making the playoffs, half your head-to-head league, as it usually is in our 12-team podcast league, six teams make it, you know, I I assume it's going to be very rare that the top-scoring team doesn't make it. Very, very rare. You know, when it's it's only four teams, only a third of the league instead of half, I guess that makes it more possible. It still should be rare. But in this case, it happened.
1: It's definitely possible. I've seen some crazy (laughs) stuff in head-to-head points league, Scotty. I'm in the finals of the to head points Tout Wars league. So, root Excellent. for me, Scotty. Cross Excellent. your fingers. Say a prayer for your boy going up yeah. against Ariel Cohen. It's a two-week playoff.
2: He's, he's the defending champion too. The he's, defending he's champion. Going, he's yeah. going for. Going to be a two-time Tout Wars champ. That's impressive. I, I hope I hope you stop him.
1: <laughs> I, hope, I hope so too. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely good competition there. And speaking of which brings us to that prospect call-up, because I actually picked him up in Tout Wars, and I'm starting him right away. Shane Ooh, Boz getting really? c- called up on Monday. Yes, it is definitely mm. risky, but uh, it's a two-week matchup here. you got to get as many starts in as you possibly can.
2: Is it? Is it a two-week matchup?
1: Oh, well, no, it's a two-week matchup for the final, the final matchup oh, in Tout Wars. I, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah. yeah. I uh, thought you were saying it's a two-start week for Boz, which in theory it could be, because he's being called up on a Monday. And a uh, six game week for the Rays. But who's I haven't seen that they're bumping anybody from the rotation. And and obviously, they got the division wrapped up, if not technically, then practically. Um, so I, I don't know why they wouldn't just go six man, you know, space out those young starters, get them ready for the playoffs. Everybody in the rotation's been doing well enough to keep the job. So I suspect Boz is just going to be. One start for this week, and then it's only six games for the Rays next week. And um, so I imagine the same would be true for next week. Just one start for Boz, probably start on Monday again and would be facing the Astros in that one. So mm, don't love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Toronto this week, Astros next week for Boz, presuming they do go six man. I just I don't see a lot of reason to pursue him myself. Obviously, it's a very exciting thing. I mean, if it happened a month ago, it'd be a very different conversation. He's arguably the top pitching prospect in baseball. Has had an amazing season, um, but the Rays being the Rays, him having only two turns left, them both being tough matchups, we got to worry about how he's going to perform without having any any exposure. In the majors yet, and we got to worry about how the Rays are going to handle him, him being so young, and then being the Rays. Are they going to pull him after four innings just for the sake of it? I think it's very likely. He did his last minor league start. Boz went six innings for the first time this season, so they've kind of stretched him out to a point he wasn't at before. And I'm presuming they plan for him to be a big part of their playoff picture, but that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they have to treat him like a conventional starter in his first two turns in a major league rotation so very skeptical Boz is going to be helpful and uh, obviously be taking a big risk by starting him
1: all right, so I guess I should have talked to you before I went out and picked him up. but <laughs>
2: no, I mean, you're in the championship game. <laughs>
1: uh, you mentioned his most recent start in the minors. He did go six innings. He threw 93 yep. pitches in that start, so he is pretty stretched mm-hmm. out here. Uh, my hope was, obviously, we need volume this time of year, so I'm hoping that they bump somebody out and he gets two starts this week. That second start would come against the Marlins, though. Again, it's, there's no knowing that.
2: It's just me being hopeful yeah. uh, of that. And, and I, I'm just, you know, I'm just theorizing, obviously, and it yeah. could play out any number of ways maybe he throws a 7 inning one hitter in his first major league start that's possible it just seems unlikely to me based on all the factors we have to weigh and we've
1: talked about it before i mean the numbers this year if you if you want us to reiterate them 17 starts between double a and triple a 206 era 0.80 whip 113 strikeouts over 78 and two-thirds innings for Shane Boz he's 26% rostered again his first start will come Monday against the Toronto Blue Jays Scott not really in on him obviously because of the the matchups here Um, we don't really know what the usage is going to be just
2: bad timing bad timing
1: All right, so uh, we're not going to do the Shane Boss thing. Let's talk about maybe a few other players that we're in on for this final week or the final couple of weeks.
0: Oh, my goodness
1: gracious. All right, Scotty, who you got?
2: Okay, I'm going to go back to uh, an old friend of mine, old old B-Raj, Brendan Rogers, of the Colorado Rockies. He went through a little bit of a dry spell there particularly with the power and kind of understandable cuz you know he puts the ball on the ground more than 50% of the time that's that's not ideal but he had a huge weekend on friday brendan Rodgers went 2 for 4 with a home run and on saturday he went 3 for 5 with a home run and a double he's up to 14 home runs this season in less than 350 at bats OPS is over 800. Batting average is over 280. And uh, that was on the road. That was at the uh, at the Nationals that he did that. So um, they're at home all this week. As we've said every time we've talked about Brendan Rodgers, his numbers are actually worse at home this season. But I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason for that. Coors Field is what it is. It can only be a benefit to him. Um, so a full week at Coors Field this week, half of the final week at Coors Field, and he appears to be heating up. Does Brendan Rodgers? Still only 57% rostered. If you need middle infield help, would still seem to me that he is your best choice for that.
1: And it's so weird, the splits that he has, too, because he's hitting for a good batting average at home, 295 versus 282 on the road. He's just hitting for much more power on the road. 12 of his 14 home runs uh, have come there. So I think lifting the ball a little bit more overall, obviously doing so in Coors Field would go a long way to helping Brendan Rodgers with that power. He had a big weekend this weekend. Six hits, two more homers, 57% rostered, as you mentioned. And I was going to say this for later, but we're talking about Brendan Rodgers now. So let's just rank a few shortstop waiver wire options, Scott. For this week, the final couple of weeks, you let me know. How would you rank these? This group, uh, obviously, Brandon Rogers is here up at the top. Isaiah Connor Falefa, three straight multi-hit games including two steals on Sunday. He's 67% mm-hmm. rostered. He's got seven road games this week at the Yankees, at the Orioles. Nicky Lopez, who I know is on your sleeper hitters list. He has, he's had a very big September, 342 batting average, one homer, two steals. He's 52% rostered. And then Gavin Lux, who we spoke a little bit about last week, three for four with a home run on Sunday. He started eight of the last nine games for the Dodgers, 35% rostered, only six road games this week, but three of those... Come in course. And as of now, it looks like only one lefty is on the schedule for Gavin Lux. So how would you rank that group, Scott? Rogers, IKF, Lopez, Lux.
2: I would go Rogers, then Nicky Lopez, then Gavin Lux, who, you know, is is a bit of a sleeper this week, I would say. Only three of his hits since returning from the minors have been extra base hits. It's worth pointing out. But he did Homer on Sunday. Uh, and then I, Isaiah Kiner Falefa would be a Distant fourth. I really have no interest in him. His two stolen bases on Sunday uh, equal his total number of stolen bases from mid June. He doubled. He doubled. He had, he had mm. two stolen bases leading up to Sunday from mid June on and then added two more. So he hadn't been doing much of that and for basically half the season.
1: All right. That makes sense to me. Gavin Lux, uh, look, I'm interested. Uh, I would rank him behind those other two names, as you mentioned, Nikki Lopez and Rogers, But Cheap exposure to one of, if not the best lineups in baseball with the Los Angeles Dodgers. For me, oh my goodness gracious, kind of like Gavin Lux. He hasn't been around as long, obviously, but a prospect who has struggled for most of this season. Looks like he's kind of coming around right now. Jared Kelnick, last four games, seven hits, three homers, one steal, six runs scored, seven RBIs. So he's filling up the box score right now. Only three strikeouts during this four-game stretch. Obviously, a super small sample size, but... I've been looking for something, anything to get excited about Jared Kelnick. And I think this would qualify. He's 63% rostered. He has seven road games this week. Scott, what do you think about Jared Kelnick?
2: Yeah, it's nice to see he's ending the season on his highest note. His OPS for the month is still lower than you'd like it to be, largely because he hasn't gotten on base much. But the strikeout rate has been uh, much better In August and September, both. Still not great, but better. And uh, he's really elevating this month, and those balls are sailing over the fence. Uh, The Mariners' matchups for the final two weeks, they're kind of middling. And as I said, even as much improvement as Kelnick has shown in recent days, it's not like the numbers blow you away. So I'm still not that motivated to start Kelnick, but it's not unthinkable at this point.
1: I'm pretty sure these numbers are updated, Scott, on MLB.com, but they have a September splits as 283 batting average, six homers, two steals, 998 OPS. That's that's pretty massive. Small sample again,
2: but. I hadn't seen him with, I guess I hadn't seen him with the Sunday's numbers included. That is a higher OPS than I was imagining.
1: So. Jared Kellnick coming around here. Uh, Let's rank a bunch of outfielders that could be available in your league. And I'm going to include Eddie Rosario, who hit for the cycle on Sunday, has started five of the last six games for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, He has three homers over this last six-game stretch. And he's 62% rostered. The Braves have seven road games this upcoming week. Looks like only one lefty is on the schedule as of now. I'm also going to throw Andrew Benintendi in this mix. He's having a real big September, 389 batting average, three homers, five doubles, 62% rostered. Ian Hatt hit his 23rd home run of the season on Saturday. That came off of Corbin Burns. Obviously, pretty damn impressive there. Uh, He's having a massive September as well. He's 61% rostered. And then Tommy Pham, another small sample size here, but his last four games, six hits, one homer, one steal. We know that when Tommy Pham gets hot, he can provide some power and some speed. He is 58% rostered and has started eight of the last nine games for the Padres. So rank these for the upcoming weeks, Scott. Kelnick, Rosario, Benintendi, Ian Happ, Tommy Pham.
2: I will go Ian Happ, followed by Andrew Benintendi followed by Jared Kelnick and then Eddie Rosario, who has started five of the last six for the Braves. So he seems to be getting preferential treatment over Jock Peterson. Now it's good to see, but nonetheless, he's fourth on this list. Tommy fam is a distant fifth. He had been hapless, you know, he's since it's going back to July, batting under 200. So, you know, I, I'm not sure the four game stretch is enough to to convince me he's out of it and is about to get hot. Maybe that turns out to be so, but I just don't think it's it's good process to think that's that's what's happening for Tommy Fam. And it's
1: worth noting that Tommy Fam was going up against the Cardinals this weekend, and you know they have some history, and he's. Definitely motivated there, so uh, I don't know if I want to put too much stock into that either, but I thought I would note how hot Tommy Pham has been. Alright, so if you're looking for some outfielders, those are some that might be available in your leagues. Let's move on to news and notes. Shane Bieber made another rehab start at A on Sunday. He allowed three runs. Two of those were home runs. Uh, over three and a third innings, he got his pitch count up to 57. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to start later this week, next week. Obviously if you're stashing him on the IL, like you can continue to do so. I just, even if he's active, Scott, I don't know if we're going to put him back in our lineup when it matters most, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, if he gets, he has time to make one start, you want to start him fresh off the IL. It is worth pointing out. Final week of the season for Cleveland. They're at the Royals and at the Rangers. So let's say he comes back that Monday. Lines up for two starts. Those are the matchups. Then, Okay, you probably would start him. So there is still a way you might start Bieber, but it's, uh, it's you know, kind of a long shot.
1: Yeah, we're grasping at straws here when it comes to uh, Shane Bieber. Cody Bellinger missed Saturday and Sunday's game with a non-displaced rib fracture. Uh, he's still 89% rostered, which only unless these are all-keeper or dynasty leagues, I, I don't think that's what most of CBS is. Uh, he should not be on your team. He's only 49% started. Cody Bellinger is hitting way below 200. Actually, 159 to be exact. He's not playing against lefties, and now he's banged up. So if you need a roster spot, beat it, Cody Bellinger. Get him off your team. According to Ken Rosenthal, the A's are targeting Thursday for Chris Bassett's return, which is truly remarkable. I mean, the guy got hit in the face with a line drive. He had uh, surgery on his cheekbone. It was fractured, and now he's getting ready to return on Thursday. He's 74% rostered, and it looks like... It doesn't look like that game would actually come against the Seattle Mariners. Would you throw Bassett right back in your lineup? Hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think probably, probably not, probably not for the first start back. I mean, that's a pretty good matchup. Is he going to be able to go the length that he was going before? I'd have my doubts about that. Uh, but the following week he would also be pitching at, at, he would be pitching at Seattle. So, um, if it does go well that first start, then maybe you get him active for the final week.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would chance it in a weekly league if you play in a daily lineup league and you have Chris Bassett, and sure, I don't mind starting him there, but uh in a weekly league, it is a little bit more risky, obviously. uh the Padres do not expect Blake Snell to pitch again until the postseason if they make it, of course. Manager Bud Black for the Colorado Rockies said on Friday that he's not sure if Connor Joe will be able to return this, se- this season. He's currently on the IL with a hamstring injury, which is unfortunate because Connor Joe was crushing it when he was healthy. Jam- uh, Jamison Tyone, who's Jamison? Jamison Tyone <laughs> can make a minor league rehab start during the coming week. He is on the IL with an ankle injury. Framber Valdez, everyone's favorite pitcher this time of year, Scott, because he didn't start for me, he didn't start for you. He is confirmed as a starter on Monday, which will make him a two-start pitcher this week. I'm assuming we're throwing Valdez in for that.
2: Uh, yeah. Yep. That, that, I, certainly in points leagues, but I think even in most Roto leagues, unless you're, unless you're really having to protect your ratios at this point.
1: Joe Ryan was pushed back from Sunday and will apparently start Wednesday this week against the Cubs, which means he wouldn't have two starts. Right, Scott?
2: He would not, no. But he could, the final week, first of all, that matchup against the Cubs is obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but it's a pretty favorable one for Joe Ryan. And uh, the final week probably would line up for two starts against the Tigers and at the Royals. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes, you do. <laughs>
1: so let's make that happen. Would it be? Yeah, Tuesday would be... Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, because I was looking at this. I was scared for a second that it might be Toronto. I don't, I don't want to use Joe Ryan against Toronto, but yeah, Wednesday looks like it would be against the Cubs for Joe Ryan. Same thing happened, actually, for Carlos Hernandez, who was pushed back to Wednesday, which means he wouldn't have two starts either.
2: Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Yep, I had to remove him from the two-start pitcher rankings. I had to lower him in the top 10 sleeper pitchers for this week, and that was unfortunate, but... His matchup is still against Cleveland, so it's pretty good.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: At Cleveland, I should say.
1: Yep. Uh, How about for Brady Singer? He'll be activated to start the first game of their doubleheader on Monday, which means he should have two starts against Cleveland and the Tigers, but... Yep. it's Brady Singer. So
2: right, and he gets those matchups. Carlos Hernandez had that, you know, made him a pretty attractive sleeper. So I added Brady Singer to the the top ten sleeper pitchers for the upcoming week, ahead of Carlos Hernandez. Even four of his last five starts were good. The most recent one was pretty terrible. Look, I'm not eager to get Brady Singer in my lineup. I hope I have better pitchers. Then I don't even have to entertain the thought. But if you're you're searching for uh for pitching help the matchups are right for brady singer nico
1: horner was activated on sunday and was batting fifth in the cubs lineup he is 24 percent rostered he went 0 for 4 in that game Uh, scott do you have any interest in nico horner this
2: at this point nope not at this point oh ready tanner maybe next year
1: (laughs) tanner hauck has been shifted to the red sox bullpen so we could drop him Luis Heal was optioned back to AAA after Saturday's start, where he allowed three runs over four and a third innings. We can drop Heal, right?
2: Yeah, and I will point out that after issuing a combined three walks in his first two starts, he has issued a combined 16 in his last four. I don't think I got those numbers quite right, but yeah. It is the a lot have been an issue more recently for heel, whatever as it is, as, as it seemed like was inevitable looking at his minor league numbers.
1: Yeah. Whatever that number is, it, it's, it's a lot for Luis heel. Scott, mm-hmm. have I mentioned recently that the Yankees stink? They're not going to make the playoffs. It's hilarious. <laughs> One and a half games behind. They face, they face Boston this week. They face Toronto and Tampa the final week. This is just, this is too stressful. I can't, I can't do this guy. So I'm just, I can't watch your games anymore. Forget it. Forget the Yankees. Chris Paddock played catch from 75 feet Saturday, but isn't expected to pitch again this season in redraft. Obviously, you could drop him. The Yankees could activate Luis Severino on Monday, but remember, he's going to pitch out of the bullpen, so it doesn't really have much fantasy value. Miguel Andujar reported to AAA Sunday to begin a rehab assignment. He's been on the IL since July with a wrist injury. Not really much interest there either, but thought I would mention it. He used to have fantasy value at one point. These players went to the IL this weekend. Jesse Winker returned... From his injury, and then he got hit by a pitch, and he re-injured his intercostal strain, so he went back on the IL. And I mean, this is always the bugaboo with Jesse Winker. Scott is he's awesome when he plays, and I mean, this year more than ever, he you know he was a starting All-Star outfielder for the National League. It's just you know when he's hurt, it it just seems like he misses quite a bunch of times.
2: Yeah, he's hurt a lot, but yeah, he's still achieved a new level of consistency this year that's going to make him a much higher pick next year I would say even though he's finishing the year all injured and such yeah
1: he is an interesting one for next year like he was awesome when he played there's no doubt about it he was ranked inside of our top 12 outfielders for a majority of the season so man I don't know uh, like a top three or four round pick is that too too high next year
2: I can't picture him going in round three okay there's just too many other players. Yeah. But I, I, I'm i thinking more four or five.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that could make sense. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu finally went to the I.L. with suckiness. Just kidding. <laughs> it was a neck strain is what the Toronto yeah. Blue Jays are calling it. Probably from turning around so fast to see those home runs leave the yard. Uh,
2: he yeah. So after his Star Friday five-run runs in two innings, the ERA is up to 434. So at one point, many moons ago, I said I'd eat my hat <laughs> Yunjin Ryu had an ERA over four. Today, I'm telling you, I'll eat my hat if he has an ERA under four. <laughs> so either way, I mean my hat, right? <laughs> uh, you want so me- there's a hat in my future. You want me to send this one your way, Scotty? No, that's gross. I could probably get it to you. I'll, I'll <laughs> eat one of my own hats. Thank you
1: all right so we'll uh you know me and you we i still technically have to eat a hat together so i don't know we'll uh (laughs) we'll figure this out maybe the first podcast after the season ends we'll uh we'll have a nice little hat eating session (laughs) you and me both jake mcgee went to the IL with a right oblique strain are you looking to add anybody in the giants bullpen in deeper leagues got tyler rogers pitching the eighth inning on saturday dominic leone uh picked up his second save of the season in that game any interest in deeper leagues
2: well, no, because I don't know who's filling in. I, I assume it's Tyler Rogers. He had that ugly blown save Saturday, yeah. uh, or Friday, it was, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, Leon got the save the next day with Rogers pitching the eighth. So, I, you know, I I don't really that 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 throws enough confusion into things that I'm not particularly invested in picking up either. But if I had to choose, I would say Rogers.
1: Yeah, Tyler Rogers gave up three hits, three runs on Friday night, blowing the save in that game. And the Giants would eventually win in 11, but yeah, not his best work there. Uh, Gregory Soto went to the IL with a fractured finger. Would you be looking to add Michael Fulmer, who picked up his 10th save of the season on Saturday?
2: Deep yeah, more, more interested in adding Fulmer than I am in Tyler Rogers. Uh, worth mentioning that Kyle Funkhauser. Got the save for the Tigers on Sunday, but Fulmer had worked three of the previous four days. So just needed a day off. I think it's I think the future chances are gonna go to Fulmer. Seth Although, f- although, let me mention this while we're on the subject of closers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Joe Barlow is of the Rangers, is still only 15% rostered. That's one five percent rostered. If you're looking to pick up a closer, I mean, that's... You, sh- you should look to him before these... Anyone for the Tigers, anyone for the Giants, because he has been, been pretty impressive. He's been pretty... Impre- plays for a bad team, I get it. But, uh... Did I, did I call him the wrong first name? It's No, you got it right. It's Joe oh, Barlow. Bar- okay, I just typed in the wrong last name. <laughs> like, why is are his numbers not coming up? Okay, yeah, so 146 RA. Strikeout per inning, 0.85 whip. Uh, and you know, the no doubt closer for the Rangers. Also, if if you want to go higher and then that, Giovanni Gallegos is of course the the stud closer who's still available in 40% of leagues. You got a save Saturday, another save Sunday, clearly the guy for the Cardinals. So that would be the number one choice, but he's not nearly as available as these other guys.
1: Those surging Cardinals, by the way, eight-game winning streak. Why Why do you think Scott yeah. and I are wearing red shirts right now together? It's because the Cardinals, duh. Our St. Louis Cardinals. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Giovanni Gallegos is 61% rostered. Yeah, so might, might be floating around there in some shallower leagues if you need saves. He is the top name available right now. Seth Beer finally went to the IL with the dislocated shoulder. Tyler Naquin went to the IL with bruised ribs. Bryce Wilson with a left hamstring strain. Dalton Jeffries with right elbow ulnar neuritis. And uh, Kevin Kiermaier saw this over the weekend went to the COVID IL, but then I also saw that he was playing on Sunday, so looks like he's back already. Uh, Scout, what do we do with these players? Starter sit some players who are uh, banged up right now. Uh, Kyle Tucker was removed Sunday with right shoulder discomfort. Do we risk it? Because he is awesome when he's in the lineup.
2: I, um, yeah, that's uh shoulder discomfort. That's pretty vague, right? Yeah. <sighs> probably, I would probably play it safe if I had a decent alternative. And it might be hard to find a decent alternative in a five outfielder league, which is more of a roto league. And so you can afford to to miss more than you can in a head-to-head league. But those... You know, assuming it's a head-to-head league, which is probably a three outfielder league. You know, probably need to have someone on hand. Are they? Let me pull up the schedule here. The Astros—they—they do—they are playing on Monday.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's in LA. Well, I guess Anaheim, but it's at nine forty PM Eastern Time. So I don't know when we're gonna have that lineup per se, but we will have it on Monday.
2: Yeah, ideally. The other outfielder you could have to plug in him for him would also be playing uh, a game in the Pacific Time Zone. Let's see. So somebody on the Athletics, Mariners, maybe Jared Kelnick, mm. Diamondbacks or Braves.
1: Eddie Rosario.
2: I know we're putting a lot of thought into this, but obviously the stakes are high. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eddie Rosario is a possibility. Yeah, just pick him up and stash him, and. If Tucker's out of the lineup, probably go with that other person instead because, you know, obviously Tucker could be back Tuesday, but he could maybe Maybe. he misses the whole week, and you don't want to take that chance.
1: Carlos Carrasco left to start on Saturday, but he pitched very well against the Phillies. Six innings, two runs, five strikeouts. He's currently 42% started, and it looks like his matchup is at the Milwaukee Brewers this week. What do we do there?
2: I think it's Sidham. He hasn't done enough to... This is only a second quality start since returning, and the strikeout rate has been low. The swingy strike rate has been not low, but lower than we're used to seeing from him. So uh, I think he played safe and sick Carrasco.
1: Willie Adamas is trending towards a Monday return. He is on the I.L. with a quad injury. Do we throw him back in there? The Brewers have a massive lead in the National League Central.
2: They do. And the Brewers matchups are middle of the road this week. As I said on, I think, on our last podcast, it's hard to find a replacement shortstop off the waiver wire. Like If you could get Brendan Rodgers, uh, I'd probably start him over Willie Adams, fresh off the IL. How about Nicky Lopez? That's closer, but probably Lopez instead. Cool. Uh,
1: Joey Gallo left Saturday with a neck injury and was not in the lineup Sunday for the Yankees last Sunday's podcast, Monday's podcast. We were debating whether or not you should start him, and then I looked at the matchup. And I'm like, "All right, keep Joey Gallo in there." Turns out he hits five home home runs this week, so has a massive week. Uh, but now dealing with this neck injury, so yeah, would you start or sit?
2: I'd probably sit. Let's do the same thing we did for Tucker here. So the Yankees are playing Monday, and they're playing seven o'clock. Seven, yeah, much earlier in the day. So you have you have more choices there. I mean, Gallo's less enticing in a. Head-to-head league, anyway. Then Tucker, but mm-hmm. you know, you you could do the same thing where you see if he's in the lineup before committing to him. You just can't. You can't have. You know, Royals and Indians are playing at four ten, so you can't rely on one of those guys as your replacement for Gallo.
1: Yes, but we have the Orioles at seven o'clock. So I know Anthony Santander is one of your sleeper hitters this week, and then. Uh, Tyler O'Neal, probably in a shallower league. He's 79% rostered. He's red hot. The Cardinals play at 740. So, And then those other names that we mentioned earlier. The last name here, Lorenzo Kane left Saturday with a hip issue. This is more so for deeper leagues, but what do you think, Scott?
2: Yeah, I would probably sit him. Let's take a quick break. When we
1: return, we're going to rank some more waiver wire hitters by position for the upcoming week. Next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework.
2: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at Select Business Merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
1: All right, so let's look at first base. And come on, first base, you know who we're talking about. It's Frankie two hits. It's Frankie a lot of hits because the guy is just... He's only 62% rostered. I know you're probably tired of us talking about Frank Schwindel at this point, but he just, he's not slowing down. His last nine games, he has 16 hits, three homers during that stretch. He's 62% rostered, has six games this upcoming week. I'm going to compare him against a few other names here. Brandon Belt hit his 26th home run on Friday. He's 55% rostered, has three games in Coors Field this week. Jamer Candelario, his last seven games, seven hits, four homers, he is red hot right now as well, 63% rostered. And then Bobby Dahlbeck has eight hits, three homers over his last eight games. The problem, the Red Sox only play five games this upcoming week. He has started nine of their last 10 games overall. So uh, if you were worried about playing time, Dahlbeck, he's been in there a little bit more consistently. So how would you rank this group, Scott? Schwindel, Belt, Candelario, Dahlbeck.
2: Schwindel, obviously, the number one. Number one hitter. Off the waiver wire, regardless of position. Frankie Two Hits has turned out to be such an appropriate nickname. <laughs> he has exactly two hits in four of his last five games. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a really hard time not ranking him as a top 20 first baseman next year. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I don't have the names lined up right now, but I don't know why he wouldn't be the Cubs opening day first baseman next year, right? He has to be.
1: I would imagine so. I mean, he's yeah. certainly done enough to at least... Got to look to start the year.
2: Yeah, and I take him over. I don't know. I take him over like a Jared Walsh, I feel. Like. Is Walsh even going Yeah, Walsh should be eligible at first base. Yeah, he will be. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Frank Schwindel's number one, followed by Brandon Belt, like those three games at Coors Field. In fact, I think these are my number one and two sleeper hitters period for this upcoming week. If you look at my 10 sleeper hitters column, uh Candelaria would be third on this list just for this upcoming week because of the Red Sox and Dahlbeck having only five games. However, for Dahlbeck, if you're looking ahead to the final week of the season, the Red Sox are at the Orioles and at the Nationals. Hey. So I like that for, you know, if you're, if you're playing for two weeks instead of just one, then Dahlbeck ahead of Candelaria.
1: You know what's kind of worrisome about that, though, is... I love the matchup against the Orioles. Like, just stream any hitters against the Orioles pitching. But if they're at Washington, that oh. obviously takes away the DH. So,
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Kind
1: of throws a wrench in Bobby Dahlbeck.
2: However, uh, well, yeah, they'd probably have to force Schwarber at first, at first base, wouldn't they? Otherwise, they're removing one of Verdugo. Uh, hmm. They could play Verdugo in center and bench Enrique Hernandez, but even then Martinez, uh, yeah, they'd have to do. Uh, yeah, okay. So probably they probably would not play Dolma back much in that National Series. Good point.
1: All right, so let's rank some outfielders in a little bit of deeper leagues. Let's say five outfielder leagues here. But uh, Lane Thomas just continues to to go. It's not to the same extent as Frank Schwindel, but Lane Thomas is, is playing really well since he's joined the Washington Nationals. Went two for five with another home run on Friday, 32 games with Washington, 298 batting average, five homers, eight doubles, two steals, 21% rostered, has seven road games this week. Again, that is Lane Thomas. Austin Hayes had a big week this week, and I know that's why you liked him, Scott. Six hits, three homers, one steal, 46% rostered. They have seven games this upcoming week, but it looks like only one lefty on the schedule. And then Garrett Hampson has started six of the last... Uh, has started six straight games for the Rockies, and he's got triple eligibility. Obviously, they play six home games this week, so that is exciting for Rockies hitters. How would you rank those three outfielders in deeper leagues? Hayes, Lane Thomas, Garrett Hampson.
2: Yeah, this is a much deeper group than we looked at at first base. Not as enthusiastic about any of them, but I would probably rank them in the order you have them here. I would put Thomas ahead of Hayes, at least for this upcoming week, because the Orioles... You know, Hayes does so much of his damage against left-handed pitchers, and I think the Orioles only have one of those on the schedule this week. Um, you know, and I, I, I can't look ahead to the final week yet with any accuracy to say whether Hayes or Thomas would be better then, but it's close between those two. And then Hampson just hasn't been stealing bases enough it's nice to see him playing more, but he hasn't been stealing enough bases to to warrant consideration by comparison.
1: All right, finer, final question that I have here. Uh, first base in deeper leagues, who would you rather have for this upcoming week? Yoshi Tsutsugo went two for four with a walk and a run scored on Saturday. 30 games with the Pirates. He's batting 296, seven homers, six doubles, a 1044 OPS. He is 6% rostered, and then... Lewin Diaz went two for four with another home run on Sunday. He is 5% rostered. So this is, I mean, we're probably looking at 15-team corner uh, infielder or something like that. Who do you like more for
2: this week, Scott? Well, I, I'm i kind of interested in both of these guys, maybe beyond any of those outfielders. Okay. But neither of them have particularly good matchups this week. Lewin Diaz's might be a little better uh, and and obviously he's going to keep playing since Jesus Aguilar is out for the year. But Suttsuko, those numbers have been really impressive since joining the Pirates, and I like his matchups. The final week of the season, I um, I don't know. That's close between. I I think I might go Tsutsuko over Diaz actually.
1: Uh, all right, yeah. Yeah, there's only it looks like there's only one lefty on the schedule as of now, even though Susugo's been playing every day, even against lefties. And I know yeah. recently he had a, a multi hit game against Wade Miley, who is a lefty, so I'm I'm with you. I, I think it's close. I like both guys, but I would look I would take Susugo. The, the, the
2: matchups schedule. aren't great for the Pirates. They're really they're really not that good. Yeah. But it's seven games and I just think I don't know. The the numbers are so impressive since he jumped 30 games with Pittsburgh. He has a 1044 OPS. Yeah. And that's, it's time to take Yoshi Tutsugo seriously. Numbers like that. Tsutsugo.
1: We just needed an excuse to sing that, obviously. Uh, other hitting notables from the weekend. Jose Ramirez went four for four with his 35th home run of the season on Sunday. That came off of Garrett Cole, 55 second half games for Jose Ramirez. 272 batting average, 16 homers, 16 steals. It seems like every year towards the end of the season, the guy just goes ballistic, and he's doing that right now. So carrying your fantasy teams. Marcus Semien hit his 40th home run of the season on Saturday. He's also batting 270. He's got 15 steals. He is the sixth overall player in Roto Leagues, 5x5 five five Roto Leagues this season. Alberto Mondesi has 10 steals in 14 games since returning, so doing what he does in September every year. Uh, shout out to the Cardinals. I mentioned this earlier. They've won eight in a row. Tyler O'Neill, 18 September games. He's batting 333, seven homers, three steals, 79% rostered. For anyone in 10-team leagues, he could be available there. Uh, Dylan Carlson had a double dong on Friday, I believe. Maybe it was Saturday. One of those days. Uh, he now has 15 home runs overall. It's been a disappointing season. For Carlson. He's 76% rostered, eight road games this upcoming week. And last name I'll throw out here Romy Gonzalez, who we spoke about recently, got called up by the White Sox. He started four straight games for them, has five hits, two runs, an RBI. He's third base eligible, 1% rostered, uh, has eight games this week. Any interest got in the deepest of leagues?
2: I mean, it'd have to be like an AL only league, okay. I think, to look into Romy Gonzalez. Tyler O'Neill has been. He he probably should be active in all leagues. Uh, Batting over three hundred in both August and September and obviously showing a lot of power recently. The Cardinals have eight games this week. So it's going to be a really interesting player to rank for next year. Will O'Neal, because he might be a 30-homer 15 guy this year, and that's, even with him missing a fair amount of time, the batting average is over two eighty but the strikeout rate is enormous. So, you know, that's the sort of thing that could, could, could cause him to fall flat on his face next year. It's, um, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's, it's going like to be kind of like Teoscar Hernandez, actually how we've, we're looking at him heading into this year, except obviously in O'Neal's case, it was a legitimate six month season as opposed to a two month season.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty good comp. And, I've I've made this one before as well, but the profile for Tyler O'Neill kind of reminds me of Javier Baez. I mean, he walks a little bit more than Javier Baez, which is not saying much. But uh, in order to overcome a strikeout rate that high, you have to be like a special player. And Javier Baez, I mean, he has like ridiculous bat speed, and he's just an awesome athlete all around. I think you could say the same thing about Tyler O'Neill. Like he is just a ridiculous athlete, so he might be able to overcome a strikeout rate this high just because he hits the ball as hard as he does, and he just does really awesome things when he's on the field. So uh, that's kind of a comp that I've made before. But I think Teoscar Hernandez is a pretty good one as well. All right, Scott. While I have you here, you got to help me set my playoff lineups. All right. So are you, are you ready? Okay. <laughs>
2: sure.
1: But other people might have these questions too. Um, would you drop Travis Darno for Dalton Varsho, who went two for four, hit his eleventh home run? Of the season on Saturday, he's forty-four percent rostered and has seven home games this week. You make that swap,
2: Varsho versus Garneau, You said, um, yeah. I would start Varsho. All
1: right. Well, <laughs> know what uh, waiver wire bids I have to put in right after the podcast
2: ends. Yeah, I mean the the matchups are definitely better for Darno, but I just think Varsho's upside's higher. Yeah. Like, he, he always seems to, even when he's not going well in a week, he always seems to have that one big game that makes it worth it, you know?
1: The other question that I have right now is, of course, everything comes back to you, Darvish. It always does. Someone, it all comes back to you. Yeah, it really does. It's all about you. It's all about you. Um, Someone tweeted at us Saturday, Scott, and, and they asked, uh, would you start you, Darvish, in a daily lineup league? And I said no, which means he's going to go out and throw seven shutouts. That's exactly what he did. He threw seven mm. shutout. Three yep. hits, one walk, nine strikeouts against the Cardinals. He is currently 72% started on CBS at home against the Braves this week. Darvish has been much better at home this year. And I and I said earlier in the week, no. like We're not starting Darvish no matter what. He's got a 3.19 ERA at home this year. I currently have Logan Gilbert in my lineup at the Angels over you, Darvish. And I think it's a really close call. What do you
2: think, Scott? I think it is a really close call. Uh, Darvish has the higher upside, for sure. Gilbert has the better matchup. Downside? I I guess Darvish has more down. I mean, look, still, even with that great start over the weekend, you take it back to June. And since June, Darvish has a 679 ERA in 12 starts. Two of his last three starts have been great. The one in the middle was terrible. Aider and runs. So, um, I think I'm with you that I go Gilbert instead of Darvish, given that Darvish is facing the Braves. But it is a close call.
1: That start where you Darvish got destroyed against the Giants, it was on the road what it's worth. I, this most recent start was on the road as well against the Cardinals, so I don't I don't know what to make of all that, but he has been better at home. Yeah. Uh, as of now, I'm going to leave it as is. I'm going to leave Logan Gilbert in the lineup, You Darvish, on the bench, and obviously, if it blows up in my face, I can blame Scott, so that was the whole point of doing this. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about Logan Gilbert and ranking with some other starting pitchers who might be available from the weekend. I know that Logan Gilbert is one of your sleeper pitchers. He's going up against the Angels this week through... An awesome start on, I believe it was Sunday, seven innings, one run, five strikeouts. That's back-to-back quality starts for Logan Gilbert. We also had Eric Lauer, five and a third, one run, six strikeouts against the Cubs. He has made four September starts. Eric Lauer has a 109 ERA, a .58 whip. So whatever he's doing, it's working. He's at home against the Mets this week. Michael Pineda, three starts since returning. He's allowed two earned runs over 13 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's 49% rostered at the Cubs this week. Pretty good matchup as well. Uh, And then Madison Bumgarner. Where did this come from? At the Astros. Seven innings, two runs, three strikeouts. It is his first quality start since August 19th. He's at home against the Braves this week. How would you rank that group, Scott? Gilbert, Lauer, Pineda,
2: Mad Bum. Just for this upcoming week, right? Yep. Gilbert with the two starts. I'm sorry. Gilbert with the start against the Angels. Um, the way his last two turns have gone. He'd have to be number one, but Lauer, you know, I don't really trust Lauer. (laughs) And it seems like whenever I recommend that guy, I don't trust, even though he's been doing it for months, that's when it all falls apart, right? That is true. It's happened for Kyle Freeland. But I mean, the matchup against the Mets is good in the final week of the season for what it's worth. Not that we're really basing the decision on that, but Final week of the season. Cardinals as Lid looks like is who Lauer would be facing. So they're hot right now. I understand, but over the course of the season, their offense has not been great. Uh, so eh, yeah, Lauer would be number two behind Gilbert. And I think I think I don't really want to rank the other two because I don't. I really can't see myself using Pineda or Baumgarner. All right, that's fine by yeah, me. Which he means was good against the Astros. It's just that just seems like one yeah. of those weird things that happens.
1: Yeah, pretty fluky. That probably means you're gonna hate all these other pitchers that I'm about to ask you about. But okay. waiver wire pitchers part two. This is for deeper leagues, obviously. Kyle Freeland threw six shutout this weekend with seven strikeouts. He's at home against the Dodgers this week. Chris Bubich six and a third, one run, only two strikeouts against the Mariners. He is at Cleveland this week. He's fourteen percent rostered. Paolo Espino had a strong start on Sunday. He's at the Reds this week. Uh, They are 30th in weighted on base average the last 14 days, so they are ice cold. He's 18% rostered. Eli Morgan at the Yankees, six innings, one run, three strikeouts. He's 9% rostered. And then Willie Peralta, last two starts, 13 shutout innings pitched, and he is at home against the Royals this week, 14% rostered. Do you have one or two favorites? If you play in a deeper league, Scott Freeland, Bubich, Espino, Eli Morgan, and Willie Peralta. Ah,
2: uh, I'm not. I'm not enthusiastic about ranking Willie Peralta, but given the matchup, it'd probably be my favorite of this group. And it, it, honestly, I was floored seeing that he still has a three o four whip for the season. Three o four, whip. I'm sorry. 304 ERA oh, right. for this season. <laughs> <laughs> 304 ERA for this season in 17 appearances, 16 of them starts. The whip's low too. Now the xFIP is well over four, so like he shouldn't be doing as well as he is. But nonetheless, it's been a long time and he's going against the Royals. So Willie Peralta probably be my favorite here. If I have to pick a second one. I guess Bubich, again, just because of the matchup. I'd, I'd like Freeland more if he wasn't going against the Dodgers. I'd like Paulo Espino more if he wasn't at Cincinnati. And he's a big fly ball pitcher, so that just seems too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if you're forcing me to pick two from this list, Peralto and Bubich would be. Do I really want to do that? Yeah, I mean the Dodgers you can't do the do- you can't do Freeland against the Dodgers. But man, I it feels. I don't like the sound of me recommending (laughs) Boobich. Not just because his name is tricky to say, but also because I don't think he's very good.
1: Yeah, again, this is for deeper leagues. So 12-team, anything standard sized you're not going to be looking at these names. But 15-teamers, yeah, I saw saw those names available when I was uh, putting in waiver bids earlier on Sunday starter sit let's assume this is for a 12 team standard size league and we'll start with uh, Chris sale let's kind of run through these here Scott he is at home against the Yankees this week five innings one run only one strikeout in his return would you start Chris sale
2: probably I mean definitely over any of the pitchers we talked about in the last two lists <laughs> yeah I think, uh, yeah
1: uh, Chris sale versus Logan Gilbert
2: yeah I would still take sale Okay. It was weird that the strikeouts and whiffs were low against the Orioles in his return, but I don't want to overthink that. Corey
1: Kluber had his best start since returning. Six shutout against the against Cleveland. Uh, he had 15 swinging strikes. He's only 36% started. He's at home against Texas this week. You know what he did last time he faced them?
2: Either were no header, right? That's right. It was way back <laughs> in May. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh I really encouraging star last time out and a great matchup. So I mean I'd rather start sale than Kluber if it came to that, but Kluber is is, you know. Without any other context, he's a yes for me.
1: Oh right. Uh Herman Marquez has last eleven starts. He's got a five point six eight ERA. He's at home against the Dodgers this week and he's sixty five percent started. No. Yeah, that seems like a pretty bad idea. So uh, 65% of you, I would uh, would try to get mom Marquez out of my lineup. Dylan Cease uh, has eight double-digit strikeout games this season. He had another one this weekend, and he is at the Tigers this week. That seems pretty obvious, right? Yes. Ian Anderson, four starts since returning. He's allowed 10 earned runs over 19 and a third innings. He is at the Diamondbacks this week. Would you start Ian Anderson?
2: Yeah, I think I would. I mean, it wouldn't be automatic. I'd weigh my options, but, you know, he he got burned by home runs at San Francisco in his start Friday, three of them given up, and that's just so out of character. He only allowed four ground balls in that game, and he's, like, a big ground ball guy. So I think it was pretty fluky, and otherwise he looked fine in that Friday start. So yes to Anderson.
1: Aaron Svalle is only 39% started, and he's... Had two good starts, one ugly one since returning. He's at home against the White Sox.
2: Probably. Probably, yes.
1: All right. Sonny Gray. uh, He gave up four runs against the Dodgers this weekend. He's 67% started, and he's at home against Washington this week. He's got a 4-6-4 ERA at home this season, too, for what it's worth.
2: Yeah, well, he's been on a good run lately. 300 runs or fewer in eight straight. It's lowered his ERA from four forty four to three eighty four. So I would lean yes on Sonny Gray.
1: How about Steven Matz, who has a 2.72 ERA over his last seven starts? He's at the Twins this week.
2: Been on a good run, but I don't trust it. So no to Steven Matz. However, wow. I might start him over, like, Chris Bubich, you know?
1: Yeah, I think... That's fair, but um, yeah, I mentioned that two seven two ERA that comes with a four point six six xFIP during that span, so seems pretty fluky. Aaron Nola, I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, he's at home against the Pirates. We're starting him, right?
2: Yeah. So of course he'll allow six earned runs <laughs> after after the shutdown performance against who were they facing? The Mets. He had nine yeah. strikeouts. Yeah. So it is an easy matchup, but. Yeah, you know, that was following a 10-strikeout performance. Aaron Nola's still good, I think, despite the ERA. Uh,
1: Nathan Avaldi 75% started right now. He's at home against the Yankees this week.
2: I mean, he has been locked in, so... Gotta say yes to
1: Avaldi. And he's been great against the Yankees this year, too. Uh, Clayton Kershaw made another start on uh, this weekend. I don't know what day it was. Five innings, one run. He had 20 swinging strikes on 74 pitches. He's only 51% started. I think we get him back in at the Diamondbacks.
2: Yeah, easy call.
1: Uh, Wade Miley has an 8.35 ERA in four September starts. He is at home against the Nationals this week. Still 74% started.
2: Yeah, I mean, it has been unraveling in a disastrous way here in September. So, no way I'm trusting Miley. What did I write here?
1: This is supposed to be Shane McClanahan, (laughs) but... I don't know what I wrote here. Uh, he is—he made his return this weekend. Five innings, one run against the uh, Tigers. Only 36% started. Looks like he's at home against the Marlins.
2: Yeah, you gotta like that one. Yes. I mean, he might not be automatic because you worry about how deep he'll pitch into the game, but in most cases, you're probably starting McClanahan.
1: Uh, Zach Greinke, his ERA is now up to 4.11 for the season. He's 63% started at Oakland this week. I don't. I don't think I want to do it. I don't think so either. Yeah, we are in lockstep there. Uh, Anthony DeScofani, quality start against the Braves, but he's at the Rockies this week. Sixty-seven percent started.
2: Hmm. I'd lean no. It wouldn't be an automatic no, but obviously Coors Field as his only start. That's that's scary.
1: Last one here, Kyle Gibson. Uh, six and two-thirds, gave up three runs against the Mets on Sunday Night Baseball, nine strikeouts. Looks like he is at home against the Pirates this week.
2: His previous three starts were pretty bad, but honestly, I, I wonder where all those swinging strikes came from for Kyle Gibson. This That was...
1: 23 on 100 pitches. I wow.
2: know. He'd only had... I think he'd have gone like eight straight single-digit swinging strikes or something like that, and have 23 all of a sudden. Yeah, the Pirates matchup, it's just too favorable. I definitely uh, plan to start Kyle Gibson this week. Again, probably not automatic. Depends who else you have, but it it looks like a good choice.
1: All right, I'll talk about some bullpen updates for the Nationals. Kyle Finnegan gave up three hits and a walk. He took another blown save and loss on Friday, so that was back-to-back days with a blown save, and then he bounced back on Sunday for his 10th save. For the Rockies, Carlos Estevez got his 9th save of the season on Friday. Michael Lorenzen, for the Reds, got his 4th save on Friday. Michael Gibbons pitched on both Wednesday and Thursday. For the Pirates, Chris Stratton got his 6th save on Friday. Then he took his 4th blown save on Sunday. David Bednar still is on the IL. For the Diamondbacks, Tyler Clippard. Uh, came in in Friday, entered in the 10th inning. He uh, wound up, gave up a run, and, uh, gave up an RBI single. He walked the bases loaded, then he hit Chaz McCormick with a pitch. So, pretty disastrous outing for Tyler Clippard. Uh He gave up an unearned run on Saturday, but did pick up his sixth save of the season. For Oakland, Sergio Romo got his third save on Friday. Andrew Chafin got his fifth save on Saturday. I still think it's Chafin more often than not, but... Um, he, it seems like he wasn't available on Friday because he pitched on Wednesday and Thursday. Scott mentioned Joe, Joe Barlow. He picked up his seventh save of the season on Saturday. 15% rostered. He's out there in deeper leagues if you do need some saves. Giovanni Gallegos got his ninth and tenth save of the season uh, this weekend. For the Red Sox, this is interesting. Garrett Richards got his third save on Sunday. Four different relievers have the last four saves for the Boston Red Sox. So, Matt Barnes just returned this weekend too, but they still chose to go with Garrett Richards on Sunday. Do you have any kind of lean here, Scott, for the Red Sox bullpen? Because I don't really know what's going on.
2: I mean, I really doubt Garrett Richards is just their closer now. Yeah. That seems like an unlikely scenario. I wasn't comfortable dropping Matt Barnes in a 16-team head-to-head categories league. So I'm kind of thinking there's a good chance he reemerges as the guy over the final two weeks, but... I don't have a great read on it.
1: To stream or not to stream, let's start with Monday. Brady Singer at Cleveland, Eric Fetty at the Marlins, Jesus Lozardo versus the Nationals, Uh, Nestor Cortez versus the Rangers, Shane Boz versus the Blue Jays, and Carlos Hernandez, he is not pitching on Monday, so I'm going to throw his name out of here. So Singer, Fetty, Lozardo,
2: Cortez, Boz. A lot of good ones here. Cortez versus the Rangers, I think pretty much everybody should be starting him. Uh, my second favorite, Ugh. I think it's Fetty,
1: just because it's the Marlins.
2: Yeah, but Brady Singer at Cleveland, and even Jesus Lizardo against the Nationals. I'm not. I'm I'm okay with those. If you really need the, you really need the extra start.
1: Tuesday to stream or not to stream. This list is not nearly as inspiring as the last one. Daniel Lynch at Cleveland. Josh Rogers at the Marlins. Paul Blackburn versus the Mariners. Luke Weaver versus the Braves. John Lester at the Brewers. And Packy Naughton. I just like his name, so I wanted a reason to say it. He is at home (laughs) against the Astros.
2: You could just say no. Not on my team. Yeah. Um, Hmm. you're forcing me to pick one, I guess, Josh Rogers at Miami. Yeah, that's but what I was thinking I don't too. think he's good.
1: Yeah, don't just don't do it. Uh let's wrap up the Monday, Monday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, one of those days. Uh, with some emails from Scott Wolf. He's got emails in all the time, so we've got to help him out here. Probably my last question of the season: Alex Reyes, Alex Calame, or Andrew Kittredge in a saves plus holds league? Kittredge. All right. This one's from Tim. Working on back-to-back titles in a 2014 Keeper League similar to the Scott White Dynasty League and have a pickle at my last starting pitcher spot. Garrett Cole, Joe Musgrove, and Luis Castillo already locked in, deciding between Logan Gilbert and Jordan Montgomery for my fourth starting pitcher. Looks like Montgomery might line up for two starts Tuesday and Sunday.
2: What do you think? We only have three starting pitchers in this league? Uh... I don't have Jordan Montgomery as a two-star pitcher, which, you know, doesn't mean for sure that he won't. Let me double-check here. Uh, uh, yeah, I it, it, it would take the Yankees going down to a four-man for him to make two starts. Yeah, I don't think so it's, it's going to happen,
1: but it would be home versus Texas.
2: Right. I would say... Yeah, even with just the one start against Texas, I I still think i go Montgomery over Gilbert.
1: That is... That is close, though. Uh, Yeah, it's close. It's very close. All right, this one's from Derek. Who would you rather have at catcher over the last two weeks? Elias Diaz for Colorado with three straight series at home, or Kyle Farmer for Cincinnati, who is apparently (laughs) catcher-eligible on Yahoo?
2: Yeah, he played a a lot of catcher in the minors, so I, I... Guess I can see why that happened. I will say Farmer. It's hard to beat every day at bats at the catcher position. All right. This last
1: one's from Bill Byron. Can you guys help me set my lineup for the semifinals next week, this upcoming week? Assuming I win this week. So I hope you did, Bill. Hope you pulled it off. Pick three. Brendan Rogers, Brandon Lau, Fran Reyes, CJ Crone, Ian Happ.
2: Three. Hmm. Now, as much as I hate to exclude my boy B Raj, I gotta go Reyes, Lau, and Crone here.
1: Yeah, Crone playing at home this week, six games. Mill Reyes is red hot too, so he's having a good September. Uh Lau, he's streaky, but he he could win you a week
2: single handedly. Wait a second. Wait a second. Mm. The Rays have the single worst matchups of any team this week. Mm. I might Gosh, <laughs> I'm, hmm. I might go be Raj over Lau. Do it, do it, <laughs> do it. Ah, uh, me just double check something real quick. Not like we're doing a live podcast or anything.
1: <laughs> no big deal, Scott. Take your time.
2: I mean, Lau's been starting every day because I'm looking at the three lefties on the schedule too. Um, he's been pretty hmm. cold though. Has he? I know he was hot for a long stretch. I have
1: him in the podcast points league, and I feel like I feel like he gave me like eight points this week or something oh,
2: like that. Oh gosh. And and you know Haps not a bad choice either. Definitely for Emil Race and Crone. I'm not gonna fight you if you pick any of the three others. I would probably pick Rogers.
1: In September, Brandon Lau is batting 255 with a seven fifty-five OPS. Eh, it's been mediocre production. Scott's going with Rodgers. We're going to wrap there. For Scott, I'm Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching. Fantasy Baseball Today will be back again on Wednesday. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best